What do you think needs to get done from from this new coaching staff, from the from the team, to to kind of get you to that next level? I don't know. It's on the players, I think. You know, the, the coaches are going to coach, but it's all, it all comes down to the players. The players are out there playing, and the players are the ones that's going to make the play. So it's on the players. we got to be more disciplined and uh, clean up the penalties and uh, keep making plays like we can. To a real Buckstock podcast. This is Michael Plus, joined by Mark Ramirez, as always, and we got a big show tonight. Uh, we're going to be answering your questions. We got a special guest on with us uh, to help out, and that is Mr. Bucks Nation, James Hill. Uh, great guy. Uh, does a really good job on YouTube. A um, lot of good content. Really breaking it down from everything Bucks. Um, so highly respected, and and glad to have him on here tonight. And uh, yeah, I just can't wait. Uh, we're going to talk a bunch, a bunch of things covering the draft, free agency, uh, all those things. Um, so it's it's going to be exciting. Uh, looking forward to it. Long time no see, Bucks fans. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this was the biggest drought ever. I mean, we got in this little routine of two, uh, two a week, mm-hmm. and it, I was like, damn, I've got the itch, plus Let's get the hell back on the, on the right, <laughs> not radio waves or whatever the hell yeah. this is, but yeah, and we're coming back with a bang with uh, with James Hill joining us tonight. So excited about that. Yeah, this is my first time being part of the guest thing. I know when I was away in Iceland, you you had the good man, yeah, Gene, Gene Thomas. Thomas, yeah, yeah, from Buck What You Heard, name drop, yeah, but very good friend of the of the podcast and of Real Buck Sock. But now we get to have yet another, and and James Hill. And yeah, if you all don't know, Mr. Buck Nation, pretty good on YouTube. He's got a lot of followers, and just it's fun to hear from a different perspective. I yeah, mean, absolutely. We speak a lot of crap, but <laughs> it's always good to hear from different different people, right? Yeah, yeah. And, a, and another guy that is is local, so um, you know that's awesome. You know, always Bucks fans here, and um, guys that have been here. Here we go. Oh, yep. Here he comes. <laughs> hey, James. Hey, how are you? How you doing? How's so it going? Now we're live. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. How are you and how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So give us a little uh, info, What, who you are, what you do, um, just with Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube and we'll fill us in a little bit. Of course. So I've been running the YouTube channel, Mr. Bucks Nation, for two years now. And on there, I make short videos talking about all aspects of the team, be it free agency, draft, coaching changes, game reviews. You know, uh, I try and do it all. Uh, really try and talk about all aspects of the Buccaneers on there. Um, I also do live shows on there as well, where I have, you know, very long you know, discussions with other viewers and stuff like that. And um, it's been a lot of fun. And obviously there'll be a lot of stuff to talk about in this upcoming off season. Heck yeah. It's all over the place. Coaching going to be new players, just everything up and down. The one thing that didn't change the GM. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So there's going to be a lot of changes. I'll be making a lot of videos on there. You can also um, find my Twitter account on there as well as my Instagram page. Um, and it's Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube. So, yeah. 
Cool, cool. Yeah, everyone check them out. Very, very good. Very, it's always cool and a different opinion. I always, yeah. I, I think my pride's always right, but no, it's bullcrap. Just <laughs> you better listen to everyone else before you believe one source. Yeah, I definitely recommend uh, subscribing to James' channel. I subscribe to it. It's, uh, it's just really good. I mean, it's just like uh, you know, you're you're always up to date. And, you know, the news is there, and it's. And it's it's fun to see, it's fun to watch, and uh, you're just watching YouTube, and you can watch pretty much all the videos and mm-hmm. get caught up. So it's it's awesome. Thank you. And then James, before we jump into all the Bucks news and Bucks off season plans and everything, I just want to get to know you a little better. What do you do when you're not covering the Bucks and jumping into what the coaching staff is and what the next steps are for the Bucks? What are you doing when you're not on the camera? So. When I'm not on the camera, I'm actually a student at St. Petersburg College. My major is sports management right now. Hell yeah. And then I also work at public supermarkets. So, you know, I, uh, I cashier there. Those are pretty much two of my main things that I do when I'm not recording videos about the Buccaneers. So, you know, very, very Florida centric, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a damn thing wrong with it either. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's... SPC, heck yeah. Sports management? I didn't even know they had sports management. They did. They just actually opened up the program uh, this this semester. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, very nice. Genius. Yeah, I I went to UT for sports management for a little bit, and then I went to uh, health science at USF. So I tried it, and UT's tuition is a little too crazy. Yeah, my my plan was actually to originally uh, transfer to USF because they have a sports management program there. Um, but it had turned out that SPC did it right before I was about to submit my transfer papers. So I just decided to stay, but yeah, USF's an awesome college too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool, cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Now, now James, have you been, have you been local your whole, your whole life here? Have you been in Tampa or St. Pete? Oh yeah. B- born and raised here awesome. in the yeah. St. Petersburg area. Nice. Do you go to, to like, do you try to hit up a lot of the games? Do you try and go to a lot of the, the Bucks games, or um, you pick and choose? I try, I try and go when I can. Um, this past season, I wasn't able to attend a game. The last game I was I was able to attend was uh, whenever they in, had inducted John Gruden into the um, Ring of Honor. Nice. Yeah, we were uh, there. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do. I do also go to all the training camps. Like this past one, I was able to go to all the the uh, the public training camps. So. Um, I do end up going to those. I do plan on going to more games this upcoming season, though, as well. So it it should be some pretty exciting times, too. So yeah, I feel you being a student, and mm-hmm. yeah, I I get you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is a struggle to pay pay for the tickets too, considering uh, you know, I'm I'm rolling on part time Publix money, so <laughs> I have to pay for classes in the sort. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I totally understand. <laughs> Don't worry, I I got you. But um, yeah. with that said, any other hobbies or anything Do you like besides the Bucks? I know that's like our all of our Universal's huge hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Anything else yeah. besides that? Like, do you go out and play football or basketball or um, stuff you do? None in like a very organized way. I mean, I do. I, I play football, basketball, and whatnot with all of my college friends and whatnot when I can. Um, huge, huge supporter of. Uh, fantasy sports, so mm-hmm. fantasy football, fantasy basketball. I just got into this past season. Um, those are two huge things I'm a really big fan of. Um, 
when I'm not doing those things, um, really just kind of, uh, when I'm not working, when I'm not going to school, um, I mean, I hang out with my girlfriend a lot, obviously (laughs) (laughs) that's a big thing, but, uh, quality time. I know. (laughs) Yeah. You know how it is. So really, yeah, I'm married with a kid. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So you, you know what it's like. So yeah, just, uh, in terms of hobbies, really into fantasy sports, um, and then really into going out and playing sports as well, but obviously nothing in terms of like college level or anything like that, just for yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah, recreational and just having fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to know a little bit more about you. I haven't really seen you or besides on the on the tube. But, it's, uh, it's fun. You're the first person to ask about my personal hobbies. I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, no, for real. Like, I, I want to get to know people, not just be like, oh, well, tell me about the Bucks, yeah. right? I, I appreciate that. That is that is awesome. Of yeah. course, of course. I'm glad. Thank you for, ha- for coming on, actually. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. All right. So now that we know a little bit about you, let's dive into what we really love and have passion for, right? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So first order of business. What? How do you feel about Bruce Arians, this whole coaching staff? Give me your personal opinion, like, right now, 101. Do you love it? Right. Do you like it? Do you hate it? What is it? Well, I love it. Um, Bruce Arians was at the absolute top of my list um, for the most part. I, I, it was either I wanted Bruce Arians or I wanted Vic Fangio, um, the head coach of the Denver Broncos right now. Those were my two top guys. And it, I know it goes against the grain of what's popular in the NFL right now is getting those really young up and coming type guys. But what I feel that Bruce Arians has brought to this team that, you know, you know, we talk about culture changes and bring that in. But what I like is, is a really, really strong sense of established consistency that Bruce Arians is bringing in. Um, He's formed a really, really strong staff, you know, not just him at the top. You have Harold um, God or Harold Goodwin or Harold Godwin, Mm -hmm. who is going to be kind of an assistant head coach to him. I think he's a really awesome personality. And from what I've seen of him so far, he seems to be, you know, showing characteristics of a really strong leader. Um, In terms of defensive coordinator, you have Todd Bowles, a former head coach in his own right. On the offensive side of the ball, you have Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator who, You know, he's another really young up and coming guy who, when he had opportunities to call plays last year in Arizona, he did a really good job, in my opinion. Um, Obviously, it wasn't the best, but it was certainly better than where Arizona was at the time. So in terms of just his overall top guys at the top, you know, it's really, really looking strong. Then you factor in guys like Casey Rogers, the defensive lineman coach, Todd McNair, the running backs coach, both guys who are very well respected around the league, you know, and have insane pedigrees and also Keith Armstrong's, the special teams coach. This is a really strong staff. You know, it's really hard to, uh, to hate it. You know, it's, it's a very strong staff and it gives something the Bucks haven't had in a while. And that's, you know, succession plans and, and, uh, you know, strong head coaching options just everywhere on the team. You know, and that's that's just awesome because that means that there's proven leaders at every single level of this coaching staff, and it's just it's awesome. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
when we looked at it, when we were looking for coaches, you know, Bruce Arians was a guy we mentioned uh, because, you know, the fit, the natural connection between him and uh, Jason Light. Um, so we thought, you know, you know, if, if Bruce Arians says he's coming back, then that could be, you know, a pretty good match. And it looks like everything from Bruce Arians wanting to be here and looking at the team, the connection between him and Jameis Winston, and now you look at it where he gets his staff available and everything comes, you know, it's just like the perfect, um, perfect storm. Yeah. Perfect storm. And, and really our biggest thing with, with Bruce and his staff, you know, when we look at it, it's just, he's got everybody on the same page. There's one voice and they're all saying the same things and it's just going to create a strong leadership, um, from the top down. And that's what I think has been missing. Um, but yeah, you made excellent points. I mean, it's just, it's refreshing to have a staff like this that is experienced and they know what they're talking about and they're going to put these players in positions to be successful. Yeah. That, right. And then another thing I wanted to add too, was just like my biggest thing with Arians and any coach we were looking at was how they communicated with the players and the relationships they built. Like Cutter just didn't really, it just seemed his, when he would talk to the media, it was all, Oh, is he either super high or super low? There was no in the middle. There's no control of what he's in control of. And almost like, like, oh, it's, I, they, I'm not in control of this. They're going to fire me, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I, I should be fired. Like, you can't say shit like that. And it's okay <clears throat> if you curse on here. Don't worry. We have explicit for a reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hopefully, no. I mean, I, I'm the one that usually does it, but if you if it slips, go on ahead. It's, this It's not YouTube. <laughs> but, All right. Uh, Good. Right, but uh, yeah, just the relationship building, to be able to to be able to communicate with others and get them to do more than to like run through a wall for you, right? And that was an Arians, that was like an Eric Bieniemy kind of type, Dan Campbell, which everyone didn't like, I liked, um, and Chris Richard. I thought those were great candidates that could have done that, right? But well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But I mean, moving forward, great coach staff. I agree with you. So much talent, not talent, but just leadership, like you just said, and then ability to, to drive and push players to do more, right? Right. All right, so next question leads me to this. What is your opinion, first moves we need to make in the offseason? Because, yeah, we well, got the coaching staff. They, they know what they want to do, but what would you do in the offseason? Right. Well, the first, you know, first moves, obviously, you got to keep your own. Um, you got to keep the, the players that have expiring contracts who already give you a lot of value to this team. So guys like, you know, they did a great job already in signing Ali Marpet to his deal um, during the regular season. But now I think two of the main priorities is re-signing Quan Alexander and re-signing Adam Humphreys. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, give Quan a one-year prove-it deal. And no, Adam Humphreys, he's not going to command that much. You know, it's it's tough. It's tough, and I, I could see Quan for one. You know, <laughs> it, it it is tough. I could see Quan, you know, commanding somewhere ten million or more, and I could totally see Adam Humphreys commanding, you know, as much as eight million, uh, just because that's how the league works. You know, these those those guys are valuable players. They're going to deserve. You know, they they command that kind of money, and the Bucks are going to have to pay it out. And um, I, I think they deserve it. I think that Adam Humphreys has been a very quality slot wide receiver, you know, and just an overall 
really, really good player for this Buccaneers organization these past couple of seasons. Same with Paul Alexander. They're both really true leaders on this team. Um, and I think that becomes a priority for those two specifically to get re-signed. Um, Donovan Smith, his situation is still up in the air. Uh, you know, he, he, more likely than not, will probably come back, um, depending on how things go. But I would say first things first is get Quan back in and get Adam Humphreys back in 100%. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, you know, Quan is – Quan and Adam, you know, are going to be a priority. I think Quan is um, – it just it, he hasn't he hasn't produced like I know he's capable of and I and I think with this scheme that he's going to be put in where they're going to be attacking more downfield and and allowing these guys to be disruptors I think he can really benefit from that and then you look at Adam Humphreys I mean he's a he's a great number three but I mean do you pay him like a number two that's that's the big question um, maybe you can get away with it you know with Chris Godwin being on a rookie contract but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they how they how they go about it. They're going to have to create some cap space, obviously. Uh, and then Donovan Smith is probably the, is the biggest question I think among all Bucks nation, because we just don't know. I mean, do you franchise tag them? Do you, you know, bring them for a one year deal less than a franchise tag or, you know, how does that work? Yeah. My thing to this, you said 10 million Quan and 8 million Humphreys. We don't have that much money. I mean, Quan 10 million, that's a huge cap hit. And then Humphreys, like you just said, a number two, that's number two money. Mm-hmm. I mean, Deshaun Jackson's getting $10 million this year. So, yeah, if you cut him, okay, you can maybe sh- push the money towards Humphreys, but $10 million to Quan, that's a lot, especially coming off ACL. I mean, I, I am I am of that crowd that says, yeah, let's, let's try and give him a one-year prove-it kind of thing, but that's just me. I mean, everyone has their opinion, but – that's a lot. That's a lot of money throwing around, and then plus, say Winston does do great this year, then we have to sign him back. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just a lot of money being thrown around. And then, like you said, Donovan Smith, and then there's only one other option to to clear money. With a question for you, what do you do with Gerald McCoy? Does he stay? Does he go? With all this, he, it seems like a drama show. Like, oh, the the rain's coming down and. You saw the I don't know if you saw the Instagram thing or the Twitter things he's been putting out. It's like oh, when you get slapped in the face or by I don't know what it was. I, I, but it's just it seems like every time it's like a sob story, but then it's like oh, but I'm gonna rise above it. What do what do you feel like we do with Gerald McCoy? Is do you think he stays? Do you think he goes? What would you want to do? Oh, I've you know it's funny. I have been so so conflicted about Gerald McCoy lately. It's been it's been driving me crazy. You know, everybody's been talking about it. Uh, we usually, you know, we do have this conversation. These past couple of seasons, especially, it's been brought up a lot more. But this is the year, you know, you really can start to bring it up, especially with the presence of Vita Vea there and with how much money you can save by, you know, flat out getting rid of Gerald McCoy. Um, 13 mil. Right. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, it's a lot. The, the problem, you know, then becomes... You cut Gerald McCoy, you know, you have a, you would have a really, you know, strong need at that defensive tackle position. I know Vita Vea is there and he would do a really good job of filling up that need. Um, but you'd also have to account for other, you know, that the position right next to him, depending on if the Buccaneers run a four, three, three, four, whatever it may be. Um, there would be more need there defensive tackle. Um, 
I would like to see, you know, a possible restructuring of the contract just to see what would happen there. Um, but it, you know, it is like it. It is t- entirely in the realm of possibility that Gerald McCoy could be cut. Me personally, I'd like to see some type of contract restructuring. We've seen a lot of different franchise players with other teams restructure their contracts because they know it'll better the team. Um, so you know, we hopefully Gerald McCoy goes along with that line of thinking. But it could be a situation where he could be gone as well. But I would be more in favor of seeing a contract restructuring just to get, you know, a little bit more cap space, you know. Yeah, no, those are great points, James. And and I think I'm with you there. The only thing is I don't see him coming back at all at thirteen million. But if we can restructure his contract, obviously I'm for it. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of him and I think Again, a lot of people forget what scheme he was in these past couple of years and what he was asked to do. He's not a two-gap defensive tackle. He's not a guy that's going to hold up guys and allow the linebackers to you know, run free and do those kind of things. He's a guy that likes to get up the field and, and penetrate and, and disrupt. And I feel in this scheme, again, he'd be same as Quan Alexander. I think they would benefit so much uh, from the scheme that they're going to be put in um, where they can really rise and have productive years. But with that said, you know, I feel it's time for a change. And I think he's going to move on um, and, and we'll probably see him get let go. I just think it makes a lot of sense money-wise. And then not only money-wise, but I think you look at his his age at 31. And once his quick get-off goes away, then he becomes, he becomes an average player. So, um, you know, that's something to, to uh, consider. And I think that's why it's a tough decision for uh, Jason Light. Um, my little two cents on this, the fact that Gerald McCoy, like a lot of the times he's like, oh, I don't care what the fans think. I care about what my, my teammates think. Regardless of what you think, it's a business. People come to watch you, right? People, you're, it's a show. People are paying, like you just said, it was hard for you to, to buy tickets because you're, you're going to college you're, you're working part-time. You're trying to be successful in your own life. And you're, you want to go watch a game. How do you feel when a guy says, oh, I don't give a crap what the hell the, the fans think? I could care less. I just care about what my teammates think. And you're supposed to be the face of the franchise. How the hell is the GM or the owner not to say, are you shitting me? My, my fans are what pay you. Mm-hmm. You need to respect them so they can come watch you. Like People take don't they only see, oh, he's a good faith man. He's He's... God trust him. No, like, but you don't say that to people who are feeding you. Like to me, like that is one big thing where I have a issue with McCoy. Yes. He goes to the same church as I do, but like, I respect him as a man, but I just, I don't like that. He does that. Like that. He does a lot of good in the community. He does a lot of good all over, but just, you don't say you don't care what the fans think. That should be your priority. Like, I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, it it does it has bothered me in the past when I when McCoy gets pouty, you know. Right, that's uh, the best way to eat wines a lot. Because when he gets pouty, you know, we don't hear from him for a while. Um, and yeah, like what Michael was saying there, the thirteen million—that's just. That's so much money to be committing to one player. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is so much money. Um, so I, you know, he does do a lot for the community, and he does, and he is, he is a very nice guy, I imagine. Um, 
but it, you know, like you guys were saying at the end of the day, you know, it, it is a business. The NFL is an insanely ever-changing business. So, you know, we've seen teams before get rid of people um, who, you know, a lot of the fans liked in some ways. Um, and it was it was the best move for business. So it might be the Bucks' time to finally make a move like that. You know, we we haven't had the you know we haven't had to go through something like this in a long time ever since guys like Derek Brooks um, had been cut and guys like Mike Allstott who who had had his playing time cut back in the mid two thousands. You know, so we haven't had to experience this type of situation in a while. But you know, sometimes situations like that are for the best. You know, no, like I... getting rid of the player. Regardless, uh, and that's what makes this offseason so fun and exciting because you you don't know you we could he could end up talking to Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, and be like, but they're like, no, we need you, mm-hmm. and he gets this whole new energy like, okay, hell yeah, I want to be here, and then he could restructure, give us some more money. You never know because he's been here forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we hope that I, I honestly I like his one gap boom. He has a good get off. Like I I would want him to be here, but. I want the sob story to end. I'm tired of Diva, like Antonio Brown and that, the other drama and Deshaun Jackson. I don't like that stuff. Put your best foot forward. I mean, even Winston's interviews are like blah because he just says nothing but positive and it's like, no, we're going to do it better. We're going to get better. He doesn't whine and complain. He's like, oh, I need to do better. We need to do better. Like, he never, never blames anyone. I just, I just want it to be like that. And... Because that's Belichick, blah. We're gonna get better. That's all it is. Don't start whining. That's 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 a loser mentality. But that's that's just me. But yeah, you never know. He could change this. The whole you said earlier about the culture change. I mean, Bruce Arians is is that. Yeah. But I mean, I hope there's some changes. We don't know though. That's the cool thing about this off season. He could be gone. He could stay. He could restructure. But this is gonna be the fun part. This is why we are excited as Bucks fans. Yeah. Well, absolutely. No, it it is an exciting time. Um, uh, we really we really don't know what, how Bruce Arians feels. Um, he even he was not in Mobile, Alabama, for this past senior uh, for for this most recent Senior Bowl that happened this past week because he wanted to stay back at One Buck Place and really get with his staff and really evaluate the current players on the team. I think that's that's very valuable, and you know it it will start we'll start to see things take shape in terms of. Arian's opinion on just the overall roster in general. So, you know, it, it is very exciting to see what will happen. You know, I, I still think McCoy's a, a very good player. Um, and I do, I would love to see every structure happen. Um, maybe, maybe Bruce Arians is the exact push that he needed finally after, you know, multiple regime changes and whatnot, you know? Yeah. And, and one last thing on, on this point, you make, you make great points, James, um, you know, when we're looking at it and this staff is evaluating the roster, I mean, tough decisions are going to be made this year. I mean, we're going to have, you're going to have guys that are let go and guys that stay. And, and some of those guys that are let go, you, you might be surprised by it, you know, and that's, that's just part of the business. Like we said earlier, um, you know, there's going to be changes and he's like, I told Mark, I think I told him earlier this week, you know, we're going to get the dead weight out of here, you know, cut the dead weight and you're going to make sure guys are in here, um, you know, willing to play hard and, and have all the same goals. And that's putting the ring on the finger. All right. Well, well, with that, it's true. I mean, there's one ultimate goal that we all need to have. It's mm. winning the Super Bowl. There's no whining. There's no complaining. It's just push towards your goal. 
right? You don't, whining doesn't get anyone anywhere. You have to push forward. But let's go on to the next question. Let's move forward to the next question, right? So with the Joe McCoy issues, what, with what would you do in the offseason? Where do you see the biggest weakness on this Bucks team right now? On offense or defense, just, just what is your biggest weakness? Caleb Benanak. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, there you go. Perfect. Uh, sorry. That was an easy answer. Um, <laughs> that was immediate, too. Um, well, uh, offensive line obviously drove, I'm sure, a lot of Bucks fans nuts this past season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nuts. Because it's, finally, whenever the defensive line shows some signs of life, you know, we have Jason Pierre-Paul getting double-digit sacks. First thing, first time that's happened since Simeon Rice back in 2005. And then Carl Nassib, this uh, free agent waiver claim from the Cleveland Browns, of all people, coming in and doing, you know, phenomenal things in his own right. He had six and a half sacks. Gerald McCoy had six sacks in his own right. Vita Vea looked strong in the second half of the season. Right whenever all that gets fixed, you know, and we have some young pieces in the secondary, the offensive line starts crapping up. So, you know, it's our trenches have been a just a, a, a revolving mess, you know. Um, so I think that you really have to get that offensive line straight, um, specifically a right guard. You know, we we genuinely don't know what we have in Alex Kappa, considering Dirk Cutter never played Alex Kappa, um, which I thought was foolish. Um, him being a third round pick and all because Caleb Benenock absolutely showed nothing of value towards that position. He was a door, you know, he was a door, the easiest opening door in the world, you know, letting defensive linemen walk right past him, getting to be it Ryan Fitzpatrick or James Winston. Um, Donovan Smith was inconsistent, you know, at times. And then same with DeMar Dodson. He also had penalty problems with Ryan Jensen. I think that, Ali Marpet, you know, Ryan Jensen, given his penalty problems, I still think those two are very solid pieces, but you still have a lot of questions at left tackle, right guard, and right tackle. That's three out of your five for the offensive line where you can say that you're uncertain of who's going to be the starter there next season. So I would say that that's probably one of the biggest positional groups that needs to be addressed this offseason for sure. 100% agree, actually. Yeah, yeah. 100% agree. Holy crap. Um do you do you follow us on Twitter too, and like yes. watch our like what we yell about, yeah, <laughs> or complain yeah, about? I've, I've listened to your guys' podcast a couple of times. I love it. So yeah, we agree a hundred percent about the Caleb Benanak situation, one hundred percent. Um, but the Kappa Kappa did play. Kappa played later in the season, and I was warning people because in the preseason he was getting beat by backups to backups, mm. and it did not mm. look pretty. And I was like, guys, you're saying someone's better than Caleb Benenock. I'm not so sure because Kappa was – he did – he's – yeah, in college against what, Triple A? What was it? No, um, it was, I think Division it was, Three. Yeah. I called it Triple A. I don't know. But he, he – yeah, he was aggressive, very aggressive player. But the thing is, this isn't Triple – Division Three. This is the NFL. And when he got to face starting caliber players – there was times, yeah, he was aggressive moving forward and run blocking was good. Pass blocking, there were times where he was just getting tossed. And again, just like Caleb Benenock was, he was a little undersized as well. He played left tackle, but still, like, he's light for an NFL guard. He was lighter. So, and he, there was times I was watching, I was like, damn, <laughs> he got thrown. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in my opinion, yeah, that right guard's huge. 
because we have no one to put in there. And Evan Smith's probably gone. So there's nothing. There's nothing there. It's a hole. So left tackle, yeah, you have an option of signing back Donovan Smith. Right tackle, I think DeMar Dotson's serviceable. Mm-hmm. He's better than your average right tackle. I'll say that. Jensen, I'm right with you. Jensen, I love. He's a mauler. He'll fight. I, I, I'll take the penalty if it's defending my team. Ali Marpet, just stud. Leave him there. But right guard is just a hole. It's a, a pit. You got to fill that. What do you feel about that, Plus? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I agree completely. I mean, I think offensive line is going to be definitely a priority. I think that's why I feel when you're looking at, if you go deeper into the offseason, you look at the draft, I think, you know, trading down is going to be a very, very attractable option because this team is going to need multiple picks. They're going to need more than six, at which they currently have. They're going to have to be able to get multiple offensive linemen, I think, in the draft because it's it's the cheapest way to add talent. Um, and when you look at, you know, you could maybe get somebody in free agency, but I think, you know, the draft is where we're going to want to maximize. Um, and especially I think Bruce Arians liking rookies. I, I That's one thing I, I don't think this last staff, they didn't like rookies. They didn't like playing rookies. And I think this. But Rojo played so. Oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I just I, I think it's going to be better. And I, I think offense line is definitely going to be a priority based off of what Byron Leftwich saw last year in Arizona. I know he's going to want offense linemen. And I think Bruce Arians, I think, is going to learn from his past in Arizona where his offense line wasn't the strongest. Agreed. I, I, I hope we all three agree on this. Damn. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mr. Bucks Nation. <laughs> one 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 thing I do want to point out, by the way, is uh, Harold uh, Goodwin. Goodwin in his uh, introductory press conference, they asked him about how key the offensive line is going to be, and he said the offensive line is the heartbeat of this team. Um, Harold Goodwin is going to be one of the closest guys working with Bruce Arians, which I think is going to help in a lot of ways for the progression and the overall changing of this offensive line. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think that'll be huge. Uh, and this, and that, I remember him saying that's what he's always wanted to work with. That's what he's always loved to work with. So, like you said, Arian stayed back. I guarantee Godwin or Godwin. I just told you Goodwin. Goodwin <laughs> stayed back and is analyzing everything during the press conferences. They didn't see anything, so I guarantee you they're looking at what they have right now and they're wondering, okay, do we keep these guys or do we go out and find someone else? Mm-hmm. Great point. Um, but with that said. So at number five in the 2019 NFL draft, James, who do you take? Or do you oh, trade back? man. This is early. <laughs> uh, but, hey, oh that's, you're on the spot. It's okay. Um, well, you know. Just give me options. <laughs> before, the, before the season even ended, I was in love with Ed Oliver. Like, absolutely. Like, Bro, I remember my man. People, people, people have been telling me, like, Ed Oliver's the guy. James. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let me look. And then I actually looked. And I was like, wait a minute. Okay, Ed Oliver's really good. Now, recently, I'm leaning more towards Jonah Williams, the, the tackle. You and Bless. Um, That's my guy. I like I like both those guys a lot. It's going to be a really tough time because they're both obviously very valuable. They would be very valuable to this team. Um, and I'm sure there will be a lot of split opinions about both those players. I mean, I've even seen some people throwing around the idea of getting a cornerback like Greedy Williams, even mm. if he's if he's available. Um, 
But me personally, I would either take Ed Oliver or Jonah Williams. Uh, I haven't decided on which one yet, but you know, they're those two are my two of my top guys for sure. They're monsters, you know, on both sides of the trench. Uh, you know what? I can't argue. I mean, that's two guys we look at a lot too. And at number five, yeah, if if we stay at five too, right? Those are. Like you were saying, those are two really big. You you would hope Jonah Williams would fall because we need that left tackle. I mean, even with if you did, you could even hopefully move Donovan Smith to, to right guard because he's massive. He just has trouble with speed. He never, mm-hmm. Power is never his issue. So, I mean, you could almost fix two things at once. But, I mean, Ed Oliver, yeah, I, I'm, I have a man crush on, on Ed Oliver. <laughs> Like he he literally is that much of an athlete. His quick twitch ability at the defensive tackle position is insane. Lateral quickness, just his ability to push people back, keep his legs moving, get it under people. It's being as big as Vita Vea is is hard. Actually, you have no leverage because you're so big. He's under people and he's fast enough to bend and get at defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me. And people think, oh, he didn't get that many sack numbers. Well. He was one of nobody. Like, no one else was around him. So, he was triple teamed at times in the middle of the damn offensive line. So, three got center, guard, guard is on him. Yeah. What do you think? He's going to get big sack numbers? No. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, that's me. But, yeah, like, I agree with both those picks. Yeah. I agree with them. Yeah, I mean, when you compare those two players, you know, you probably look at Ed Oliver and you look at his upside and it's just massive. Um, and that might push him over the edge of a Jonah Williams, who is already really good um, and probably won't get that much better than he is already. But that's, I mean, that's still saying he's a lead prospect. Um, but when you look at Oliver, you know, he just, he ha- he isn't what he is yet. Like, if that makes sense, like he's not there. And I think in time with good coaching and you put him at, with a, a guy like Vita Vea and JPP and you put him in a four-man line, I mean, he'd be unstoppable. Well, let me ask you this. So I was, I'm on YouTube all the time. I'm watching you. I'm, watching, I'm, I'm just obsessed. Like, that's how I am. I'm a Bucks fan. <laughs> but I was looking at player football focus. They really like Ed Oliver, but they compare him to Jadavion Clowney in this way. Crazy athletic player, but more of a run defender than pass rusher. And pass rushing will come way later in his career because Clowney just started being able to rush the passer. He timed and did everything well in the combine, but he just hasn't done it yet in a season. Maybe it's injuries or whatever. But Oliver, I just I view him as you actually put him in a system that is attack that is Arizona Cardinals defense from what 2015. Yeah. <laughs> Todd Bowles, send them go, do what they do best. Next to Vita Vea, next to JPP, next to Carl Nassib. That's how, what the hell are you going to do, guys? Like, but that's me. What do you feel about that? I feel that um, you know, even if it isn't there right away, the pass, the pass rushing ability is kind of in a similar situation with Vita Vea. Um, you know, there were people there who could you know, cover for that in a way, you know, and kind of, you know, given it a little bit more time, you know, we had the past rushing abilities of Carl Nassib and Jason Pierre Paul this past season, who kind of made up for that lack of pass rushing ability in the defensive tackle position. Um, Joe McCoy was also there, but 
you know, I still feel that, you know, Vita Vea, he has another, you know, he has, he's now had a whole season to develop his pass rushing abilities as well. I feel you can ease Ed Oliver into it with the talent that's around him. He doesn't need to be this insanely gifted pass rusher right away because he's surrounded by really nice pass rushers. Have him do what he's best at, work on the run, have a, an unstoppable uh, plug in the middle with Vita Vea and Ed Oliver, and then have your nice edge rushers with Carl Nassim and Jason Pierre-Paul on the edge. You know, that's a fine defensive line. Um, that that would really work well, I feel, in a, like what you guys were saying, a four-man defensive line. That's something that could work very effectively. They would not be able to run up the middle <laughs> at all, <laughs> no. you know. Um, and I feel that that's very important because stopping the run game, really, we can see how much not having a run game can affect the course of a team in their offense. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I feel that that would, you know, at Oliver, if the pass rushing isn't there right away, you know, that's fine. He can ease into it. He can learn because he's surrounded with really good pass rushing talent already. Mm. I love your answer. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with that. And and that's what I was talking about. Like, if you watch Houston tape, you watch Ali Oliver, a lot of the times he's in a three-man front. So yeah, that's why he's, he's... And he's the nose. Yeah, and that's why, he, that's why he's double-teamed so much. And now you put him next to Vita Vea where he's just going to have single... He's going to have single matchups. His speed is going to win. And then you can run stunts with that, him coming around the outside. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Nasty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then think of this. Vita Vea missed, missed how many games? Four games? Correct. And he had three sacks. No one to, – to be honest, okay, people expected him to get sacks. Why? He was a 3-4 nose tackle at Washington. Literally, we said he's going to help everyone else out around him. He did do that, but he still got sacks and got pressures. He did more than what was expected. So what are people complaining about? This guy balled out. Yes, he was a he just because of getting hurt in training camp and then having to move forward. It was a little bit of a late bloomer, but he did awesome in my opinion. Like, and mm-hmm. we were huge fans of him. We were saying either Quentin Nelson or Vita Vea. We needed bigger men in the front, and obviously Quentin Nelson got picked right before us. We traded back. I was ec- ecstatic when we got Vea. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think anyone on that D line will be successful, especially an athlete, explosive athlete like Oliver would be great. But that's if we stay at five. I mean, I, I honestly, Jacksonville or whoever that wants a quarterback probably will go up. Will we be the guy that does it with them? I don't know. But, again, awesome off season. <laughs> with that said, but free agency happens before the draft. I jumped the gun. <laughs> I jumped the damn gun. So, and free agency, are we going after that right guard? Are we doing something on the defense? Do we try and get a corner so we don't have to draft a quarter? What, what, what do you think? What, what do you want to go after? Well, you know, in terms of offensive linemen, uh, there's not a lot <laughs> at all. <laughs> there, there's not really a whole lot of free agent options that I've seen. Um, that could obviously change with how things go. I don't necessarily think offensive line will be addressed too much in free agency besides – possibly re-signing um, Donovan Smith to a contract. I feel that would be one of the – we might get a couple of new backups in because like what you guys were saying earlier, Evan Smith, he's probably either going to retire or just not return with the team. Um, you obviously pretty much have questions at the entire right guard position. 
And then the rest of your backups are pretty fluid as well. So we could see a lot of turnover in terms of backups. But I don't necessarily think uh, uh, a starting right guard will be signed in free agency. That might be more addressed in the draft. Um, me personally, I would really look to bolster the secondary possibly, um, and not in terms of cornerbacks because – you know, we still have Vernon Hargraves. We still have Carlson Davis. MJ Stewart's just a, another complete mystery. He did do some very good things in the preseason, but he was very on and off during his time in the regular season when he wasn't dealing with his own kind of injuries. Um, what about Vernon Grimes? <laughs> nope. Don't bring up. That's a can of worms. Uh, you know, the, you know, a lot of people have been linking, have been saying, Tyron Matthew, come to the Bucks. You know, let's go out. Let's get Tyron Matthew. I'm a big, big supporter of that move because I wanted Tyron Matthew last free agency period. Um, and I do like Jordan Whitehead, and I do like what he's been able to do. Um, and I also love Justin Evans, but I really love Tyron Matthew. <laughs> so, you know, I feel that, Ty- you know, especially with the links that he has to Bruce Arians, I feel that that could just be another really nice fit that could happen. Um, also probably getting another depth cornerback, that could potentially be out there. I couldn't tell you any names because I haven't done much research yet into uh, free agent cornerbacks, but getting another piece, getting a couple more pieces in the secondary, I think will be huge. Um, and it'll certainly make things more flexible for drafting um, and to really make sure you address the trenches um, come draft day, you know, so you won't have as many needs. I feel that'd be pretty important. Yeah, no, those are great points. I I think Matthew, you know, getting a guy like him, you know, someone that's been with Bruce Arians and has the experience in Todd Bowles' system, uh, I think that would be beneficial because then you can teach the young guys and they can learn quicker. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that would be a home run. I I think that's where they're probably going to try to address, you know, if they want to add anything to the secondary, I think it will become and it will come in free agency because when you look at the draft and you look at the top couple rounds – I mean, it's got to be Lyman. I mean, we have to get Lyman in the top in the top rounds, and I think, yeah, you could wait for a corner and on day three, and there might be some good ones still there. But I think veteran presence is where they want to add to the secondary, especially with the draft capital that you already have, um, you know, at corner and at safety. Yeah, th- those are two huge points that Plus makes about the draft capital you already have. Do you just keep? compounding over and over and over or do you just put it in other places because yeah you've wasted picks on corners are you just going to keep throwing it all on top like the, the damn lions did with wide receivers left and right and not dressing the offensive line yeah you can go that route but i mean it's just being smarter with what the hell you're using your money on or your resources on so i agree with you in that point tiram with you i do agree a lot with i am a huge jordan whitehead fan i've been that for like three years the man just does nothing but put up numbers. But the thing is, Todd Bowles' defense, whether it is a three- or four-man front, it doesn't matter. A majority of the time, it's a nickel. So, Teron Matthew, Jordan Whitehead, MJ Stewart, they all can play interchangeable corner safety roles. This is nothing but magic for what the hell Todd Bowles wants to do. He can be multiple. So, And we love that word multiple here at Roblox Talk. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but the thing is, like, and then who better to teach the young guy, Jordan Whitehead, or Justin Evans, who is a – I'm ready for Justin Evans and Jordan Whitehead to be the hitters that were in college in the NFL because I'm feeling like this is what this defense is going to allow them to be. 
regardless of flags, who the hell cares? Just play fast. Don't be the all, oh, eh, let me stay back, 10 yards back on the line of scrimmage. No. Attack. Like they've been saying the whole time. I, I think this is suited for both our safeties. But who better to teach them than a guy who's been in this, who loves Bruce Arians, who balled out in Todd Bowles' system, and could pretty much just be a plug-and-play player. Like, I agree with you on that term with you pick right there. Just wanted to give you that. that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Of course, of course. I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone wanted, oh, Larry Fitzgerald. No, he's gone now. Uh, I, I, I didn't even think of the versatility of Tyrone. Did, he's played slot corner before, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. All over. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> right. That, 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 that would be uh, the combination of Justin Evans, Jordan Whitehead, and Tyron Matthew all on the same field would be a very nice combination indeed. For real, how interchangeable they are. And then you said MJ Stewart, too. They were trying to combo treat him, safety mm-hmm. and corner. Stewart plays better near the line. He plays better being aggressive. He, he's not fast enough to play in space. We obviously saw that. <laughs> so yeah. he needs to be either attacking. He did good last year blitzing. I felt he did. And then Cutter said, oh, no, you're not smart enough. Let's get the hell off the field. And that's just <laughs> bad coaching. Play him to their strengths. He, he did one thing well. I keep doing him doing it. Let him do that. He's a rookie. Don't make him do right. something he's not good at. But that's we got better coaching now. <laughs> but, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying thankfully better coaching. Yes, yes. And uh, not just the head coach, but the whole staff in general. Right. All right. But I think we'll move forward to the questions, right? Yeah, these are just some fans' questions, and I think we answered most, actually most of them, to be honest. Um, But let's start with, uh, like this one, for example, from Ryan Nix. Uh, Do you believe O-line is the target in the first round, or is there a different feeling? James, go. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Well, yes, uh, both offensive and defensive line could could be needs in the first round. Um, specifically, offensive line, you know, you would have to say it could be the stronger need considering all the question marks, um, you know, with the guys we stated earlier, right guard, right tackle, left tackle. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you could make an argument for both 100 um, percent. But in terms of like overall needs right now at this exact moment offensive line would probably have to be more favored okay all right yeah no i i'm leaning that way i mean i think offensive line is is always the way to go but that's just me you're building the trenches right (laughs) the big uglies uh next question uh by tommy uh travis uh do you feel we are going to have a quiet free agency because arians likes to coach with what he has or do you see him in win now mode and we have a splashy rams type free agency not as you know, I, I talked to the coworker about this yesterday. Um, I think they are going to be very active in free agency because it's a brand new regime um, and all that. You know, and regardless of you know what people say, like oh, we're not going to be that active. New regimes are almost always very active in free agency periods because they want to get their own guys in. You know, they want to start. They want to really start building their team. Especially in the case of Bruce Arians, there's going to be a lot of former Cardinals out there: John Brown, Tyron Matthew. Um, among others. So Dion Buchanan would, too. Right, Dion Buchanan. I love Dion Buchanan. So I, I think that there's gonna be a lot of activity in free agency for sure. Um and I think we're gonna start to see maybe a you know players who people before maybe wouldn't have 
thought would be interested in the Bucks start to become interested in the Bucks because Bruce Arians is here, you know, because I think that adds a lot of um, stability and a lot of, uh, you know, allure to coming to Tampa Bay, you know, that and the fact that our taxes are nicer. So. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be, I, I think we'll be very active. All right, here's a, I'm going to skip ahead here. Uh, here's a question from Chef Aaron 26. Uh, would you draft a quarterback in the later rounds, uh, five through seven? That's all you, James. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, You're the guest. I, uh, hey, I, I got to welcome you to the house, right? You're my guest. <laughs> first come, first service for you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I would consider it, you know, I, I, love the, I love a lot of the cornerbacks we have there right now. Um, but I still feel you could build the depth. Like I was saying earlier, um, one of the biggest things that worried me last year was actually our lack of depth at the cornerback position, especially after Vernon Hargraves fell. Oh no, he's, um, he's at and, quarterback. Oh yeah. Like, like QB. Sorry. Quarterback. Oh, quarterback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I thought you said cornerback. Oh, my uh, bad. Yeah. Before, <laughs> yeah. Before you kept going on, I was like, let me, let me jump in there real quick. Yeah. yeah quarterback. Quarterback. Thank you for doing that before I went on a long rant. Uh, <laughs> Quarterback, um, you know, that one's a lot more tougher to answer because you have Jameis Winston there drafting a late quarterback. It would only make sense if you would want them as just a backup, um, not necessarily somebody who's going to come in and challenge Jameis Winston for a starting job. Um, there are a lot of free agency options out there that are going to be available. You could retain Ryan Fitzpatrick. You could bring in a guy like Drew Stanton, who has worked with Bruce Arians in the past. You could retain Ryan Griffin, even. Um, you know, there's a lot more options. And I feel that you could use a later round pick just to bolster depth where it's needed in other places, be it the offensive line, defensive line, or the cornerback position. So, uh, <laughs> You know, I think that, no, I, me personally, I wouldn't because I'd rather boost the depth at other positions. I feel that'd be more valuable. All right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think, I think that makes sense. I wouldn't waste a pick on a quarterback, especially in this, this quarterback class. Uh, and, and I think they're more win now. They don't. Yeah, exactly. They right. don't worry about quarterback right now. Yeah. Uh, and here, I'm going to end it on this question. This is from Anthony. So, uh, he has a, a bet with one of his friends. Um, he says, if Jonah or Greedy Williams is there at five, uh, who, who are we taking? Well, who did, who did Anthony bet for? Uh, he, had, <laughs> <laughs> he had a bet, he had a, a bet with his friend. Uh, he's, um, his friend is saying greedy and then he's saying Jonah. So, Oh, I, I would say Jonah. Okay. I would, yeah. <laughs> based on, on Anthony or based on who uh, you want? Well, based on, <laughs> well, you know, based, based on, I feel that, you know, like what you were saying earlier, um, Michael was Jonah, you could literally, he's just put him right in and he's going to be one of the best offensive line you have on the team, you know? And that's really valuable. Yes. That is really, really valuable, especially in the current state of, you know, defensive linemen are starting to really get the edge in terms of, you know, uh, overall athleticism on offensive linemen. You need as good, as many good offensive linemen as you can get, you know, so just collect as many as you can because um, the offensive line is becoming a much more valuable position. You know, if you get a good one, you've got to keep a good one. If you get a chance to get a good one, 
you should take that chance to get him. Um, so I feel that I, I would go with Jonah Williams. I think that that would be the the more clear cut. This guy is going to be a really high impact guy from the jump. You know, Greedy Williams will definitely could is definitely in that same role as well. But with the Bucks need at the offensive line, um, especially you know all the stuff that could potentially happen with the Bucks secondary um, and the pieces that are already there, like Carlton Davis, Vernon Hargraves, among others. Um, I feel Jonah Williams would be the the pick between the two. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean also, it's smarter too. Yeah, it's closer to the right. line. It's closer to the ball. No, I agree. Anthony, Anthony made a smart bet. <laughs> Even though I'll say this, I am a huge greedy Williams fan. He humongous, and I mean, who better? I mean, Bruce Aaron's going to see LSU lanky quarterback, corner back, <laughs> tall. He's not as big as. Patrick Peterson, but I mean, it's enticing. The thing is, yeah, it, it all starts up front. It's how it's always been, and our up front is weak. And Jonah Williams could honestly fill left tackle, and if you do franchise tag Donovan Smith, move him over to right guard. That fixes two holes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. or if you do sign him back for a lower price, I mean. Or you can move Jonah. You can move Jonah too. I mean, Jonah could play anywhere along the offensive line. Oh, but number five, you you, you pull him, put him at left tackle. You move a no. Come on now. You take someone at number I five. I don't know, man. I was ready to take Quentin Nelson at number seven. So you know, until the Colts snagged him from us, you know, I was ready for Quentin Nelson. Oh hell yeah! So yeah. was I. But he was he was a guard. He was always been a guard. Yeah. But if you're you're oh, saying. That's what I'm saying is the oh. Bucks, if we can play him anywhere, let's let's redeem ourselves from the Quinn Nelson debacle. Plug him in at right guard, have a have a screaming right guard of our own now, you know? Oof. So this is my argument with Pless. Like, we were back and forth about this. Jordan Williams, yeah, is athletic to me. But to be a guard, like I've been saying, you got to be big. Kappa is smaller. Beninok is smaller, like just skinnier. Not skinny, but they're like mm-hmm. slim for an NFL guard. And like, yeah, yeah. On the outside, you got to be athletic. When you're inside, you get all about power. Jonah Williams, obviously, Clown no. Farrell just knocking the hell no, out. No, that that makes a lot of sense. My my only issue is if Donovan Smith is back, he's going to be our left tackle. I, I just that's how I yeah. see it. I just don't see him, especially if you're paying him the money he's he's getting. He's not going to move inside. He's not going to move to guard. Mm. He's going to be you, your, you know he's going to be your left tackle. Damn it. If uh, if if Mar Dotson ends up retiring, you could play Jonah Williams at right tackle. There you go. Very sure. sure. Yep. See this, damn this off season. Just there's so many, right? That, and that's why it makes it fun and exciting. But but still, it's fun and exciting. It's not like oh we're shitholes going to look for another five eleven season. No, we it could be seven and nine, or it could be like eleven and five. You don't know. Like mm-hmm. our offense is good enough to win us games. If our defense does anything, we could be eleven and five. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Right. And if we right, absolutely. Like and like, I put in the the beginning of the intro. You didn't hear you weren't on yet. <laughs> Mike Evans <laughs> was saying, "Yeah, the players play. It's all up what the hell the players do. Like it's all up to them. Yeah, if they take some penalties away, then they win a lot more games. But mm-hmm. the thing is, he was. I think he was thinking more about the offense. If the defense does anything, yeah, we win more games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we did better. And, than, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And I I posed this question last night on uh, Buck, what you heard uh, with Gene. I was I was telling him I was like, if this if this team just fixes the offensive line and has a legit running game, you bring back everybody on defense. 
are we a winning team? I would say yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Especially with how many injuries the Buccaneers faced this past season on the defensive side of the ball, you know. Um, Dirk Cutter and Todd Munkin, they, they didn't really commit to a running game. Bruce Arians, I know, loves committing to running games. He, he even said in his one of his uh, in his one of his introductory um, talks with the media, he said, you know, you got to get the running game going, especially with Jameis, you know, and that'll help him a ton. So, you know, it, it'll be it'll be huge to get that offensive line fixed and to get that run game going um, right. in whatever and, you know. Oh, with that said, real quick, I was saying earlier in other podcasts, based on Bruce Arians and wanting to move guys around, do you see us getting an actual pass-catching running back, considering we don't have one guy on the roster that can catch a ball? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I hear, you know, maybe a guy like Le'Veon Bell might be available, so, you know, who knows? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, oh, I am about to say, damn, Jay, I want to interrupt, but I was like, nice, it's guest. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Thank God. You know, possibly. I know they did a lot of work with Ronald Jones and trying to basically force him to be a pass catching running back. Quiz Rogers filled in that role mainly last season, and he. Did, I thought he did a fine job, all things considered. Um, he's probably not going to be back with the team, though. So I, I do think that's that will be a, a finer point. Um, but rather than getting a just a, a guy who's specifically labeled as a pass catching running back, um, like they've tried with Charleston's in the past, I think that they're going to try and get just an all around complete back, be it whoever that may be in the draft, in free agency. Um, I feel like they're going to want a back who can do pretty much a lot of everything, you know? Ooh. Don't say it number five, please. Huh? Don't say it number five, please. No, no, not in number five. <laughs> no, just no, about, okay. It. Just about because I, I saw the who was it? Daniel Jeremiah with Joshua Jacobs at yeah, number five. No. I was like, oh no, no yeah, Bucks fan was, will agree with that. I hope not. Yeah, that was stupid. I saw that and I rolled my eyes at that. <laughs> God. Well, some people agree though. Some people agree with the Le'Veon Bell like you were joking about. He he he's gonna command, you know, low end quarterback money. So right? that's uh, that's pretty extreme. Giving a running back, uh, what, what is he won sixteen million dollars? Yeah. Bare minimum fifteen. That, he's probably gonna get yeah, closer that's, to twenty. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That's pure insanity. Uh, I don't get me wrong. I'd love to have a player like Le'Veon Bell, but let somebody like the Jets or the Colts give him that much money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the 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 Bucks were, you know. That's so much money, you know, and you got to pay Jameis Winston eventually. Uh, you know, you have a lot of stuff. <laughs> we can't be giving, we can't be giving Le'Veon Bell sixteen million dollars a year. I think that's too much. Yeah, yeah. I I love that. Hey, we're we're agreeing on a lot of stuff. We have little things, but no, hell yeah, cool, cool. But before, yeah, that's enough with the Bucks stuff. Real quick with live action stuff. What do you feel about the refs NFL calls and the debacle of the Saints game and all the crazy stuff in the Patriots game? Like how do you feel about that? Like I wanted I really wanted to talk about that. Right, absolutely. So Saints Rams, I love it. I absolutely love it. Saints got screwed over. This is the best <laughs> it's the best thing ever, you know? Um James, the James right you just became a, my new best friend because <laughs> I hate. The, oh, I, I love it. I hate. I, I, I hate the Saints. So, you know, I, I, you know, I love it. You know, I, I, I can't. I, 
you know, oh, you know, oh, you got to feel bad for the Saints. I do not feel bad for the Saints. I will never feel bad for the Saints. When when I saw that Sean Payton came in from his press conference and he said, I just got off the phone with the league office, it, remind, it, it reminded me like an old man who calls the grocery store manager to complain. Like, that's We're what like it sounded Relating to the true life. <laughs> You know, that's what it sounded like. And uh, so I don't I, – I, I am over the moon that the Saints got screwed over two years in a row, one by poor tackling on their team and the second one because of a bad ref call. It happens to everybody. You know, it's an imperfect league in the words of Sean McVay. Uh, you know, stuff happens. Was it the right call? Absolutely not. Am I mad that the Saints lost? Absolutely not. Um, for the Patriots and – Chiefs, are we talking about the whole how Patrick Mahomes didn't get the ball in overtime type thing? No, just like this, the officiating of it. Not, not, uh, no, I thought that game was great. The Chiefs, I mean, let's be honest, the Chiefs screwed themselves when D Ford lined up offsides like yeah. an idiot. So, I mean, right. that was pretty much that was their fault. Right. I mean, I thought all things considered, it was a, it was a clean game. Yeah. I mean, it was certainly better than the the Saints and the Rams game. The officiating for that game was leagues worse than the Patriots Rams. Uh, I think it's just a simple matter of it's Tom Brady being Tom Brady. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it that's all it is. You know, every every year everybody goes up oh, Patriots. I mean, like, and don't get me wrong, the Patriots have done their fair share of uh, shady things. Mm-hmm. But you know, when we really start, it, it's kind of the point now where we nitpick every game, and that's just annoying because you know, in reality, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick—they're two, two of the best, if not two, if not the best. You know, and now it's just them being them, you know? So. I, I, I agree. That, no, I fully agree. I loved that game. I watched that. Right. I watched the whole from second quarter on, and that was a great, great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the right. wife was painting her nails or something. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, no, it was great. And I thought the officiating was good. Like, I thought they were going to screw the Patriots on the punt that Edelman didn't touch. Uh, to me, by eye. He did touch it. I was like, oh, what an idiot. But the thing is, that was great officiating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Saints game, that, that, that's what I wanted to talk about. There were so many missed calls. Yeah. Like, what was right. it, the, the, the delay of game that Drew Brees scored, I believe he scored a touchdown on, on that play. And everyone's like, oh, the Saints should have won the game. Well, they shouldn't have even scored a touchdown on that play. Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. the Jared Goff face mask, uh, the, the other Saints guy jumping on the guy's face mask, hitting him with his cleats in his face. There was four. We put it on Twitter, but that was that was the one that got me. Was the uh, the defensive tackle? I can't remember which one it was, but he he jumped up and just squashed, splatted right on the. Uh, yeah. Um, it was either Todd Gurley or C.J. Anderson, one or the other, just splatting on him. I was like, oh, that's nobody going to call that one. All right, you know? <laughs> right? Like, so you missed all those, but everyone's going to get mad at the last one. I know it's the last. Play that you did see in what? In, how many minutes was it left in our regulation? If there was uh, minutes, it was, it was under two, under two minutes. Okay, yes, it was a blatantly missed call, and there was refs all over, all around. But why aren't you whining about the other ones? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's my, shitty officiating either way. My biggest thing is like you go go back to the first quarter, you get two field goals, you know, to start off the game, score touchdowns. You know, don't don't sell for field goals in the red zone when you're down there. You know, you have a chance to to put the Rams away and, and go for the kill. You got to make that happen. Don't pull a dirt cutter. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's true. I mean, yeah. either way, great championship games. Great NFC and AFC championship games. But with that oh, yeah. said, James, who is your pick in the 2019 NFL Super Bowl? You know, um, I believe it was mid-season. People were asking me who I thought was going to go to the Super Bowl, and I said it was going to be Patriots-Rams, and everybody was saying, well, what about the Chiefs, and what about the Saints? And I said, you know, the Rams just look like literally the best team in the NFL by far at this point in terms of mid-season. And every year we count out the Patriots. Every year everybody says, oh, this is the year, and it never happens, you know, and – this year, I was—I finally decided that I was going to be like, okay, fine. The Patriots will probably go to the Super Bowl again. They did. Uh, but now I'm, I'm going to change my opinion. I think the Rams are going to get the win here because of just how much freaking draft capital, money. Like, they're going for it all. And I think they just have the overall better team. Um, Hell in, terms yes. of just, in terms of just pure talent, you know, Aaron Donald and Adamican Sue are on the same defensive line. What do you want me to do? Like, what do you want to do to stop that? There's nothing you can do. You know, uh, they traded for Dante Fowler. They traded for Brandon Cooks. They did all this crazy stuff. Um, I think they just have one of the best teams we've seen in a long time. And uh, I think they'll win here. Uh, you know, I love Belichick. I, you know, let me rephrase that. Uh, I respect <laughs> I respect Belichick and I respect Brady and what they've been able to do in this insane dynasty that they've, you know, turned the Patriots into. But I really think the Rams have just had this perfect concoction of players and coach. You know, it's it's really good. So I think they're going to get the win there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think their team is, I mean, they're loaded. They went for it all, and obviously it looks like it's going to pay off. Um, they'll probably be a completely different team next season because all those guys are probably going to be gone. But, I mean, if you're going to go for it, you might as well. And and they're definitely, um, they're going to, I think they're going to get it done as well. I mean, they're just too talented, like you said. Yeah, and that, that said, I'm hoping Dominican Sue is going for knees. I'm just saying <laughs> I mean, that's me being an asshole. But, I mean, yeah. like you said, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, not to mention Dante Fowler, jeez, like, just let them go. Let, hunt it. And then look at Tom Brady. He's, yeah, he's a great quarterback. you got to respect him. He's literally the best quarterback probably ever. But the thing is, all he has is Gronk. That's Like the Tony Romo was saying it the whole game. He's like, all they have is Gronk. And then they have to spread him out and have Edelman go in the middle of the field. The Chiefs are just so bad, they couldn't stop it. The Rams are a better defense than the Chiefs. They should be able, if they're not starstruck, to do something. And then they have a running back that can consistently run and push over people. I hope to God it happens. Because I do not want to see Brady win another one. I just don't. I know. C.J. Anderson, he's one of the best backs in the league right now, you know. Uh uh, his backup, Todd Gurley's okay too. But. Shit. <laughs> you are. That is correct. But no, yeah, you're right. I mean, I just don't want to see Brady win another one. I want, I'd rather have the Rams win. Sean McVay. Everyone loves McVay. But hey, oh, just Brady don't win. But we still got a week and a half to to think about this to mold this over. But other than that, yeah, James. It was amazing having you on today. Like, 
cool. It was an hour and ten minutes of just pure fun. <laughs> we went OT, but yeah, appreciate it. Of course. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's it was seriously a pleasure. This <laughs> you guys run an awesome show. Well, thank thank you for that. And yeah, I I consistently watch. I know Plus consistently watches. So we are both subscribed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> just yeah, keep putting out your same great content, and please keep listening. <laughs> and I hope to have you on again. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, I'd love to be on again. Yeah, and we're we're gonna have to get on uh, your show as well, and um, you know, it'd be it'd be fun uh, just to, you know, and we'll definitely uh, stay in touch going forward. And um, always, I mean, it's great talking Bucks football among other things. Absolutely, I'd love to have you guys hang out on the channel. I, I do do um like hour long live shows from time to time as well, so I can get you guys on one of those and we can just hang out and talk more Bucks football. You know, especially especially we're gonna have a lot to talk about as the off season goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we're like we didn't hint at that at all. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> of course, hell yeah. But <laughs> James, thank you for coming on on the show. Sorry to keep it so long, but it was just good talking to you and great Bucks football talk. We love that here, and Absolutely. just thank you. Of course. Again, thank you guys for having me on. It was, it was seriously a pleasure to be on here with you guys. You guys seriously are awesome. It was, very, it was a very enjoyable experience. <laughs> same here. Same here. Yeah. All right, James. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Of course. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. See you, James. Bye-bye. See you, Michael. See you guys. See you. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. that was great. Uh, but Mr. Bucks Nation, James Hill, uh, you know, it was great having him on. A lot of knowledge there. And, uh, I mean, his his channel, I highly recommend it. Make sure you subscribe to it. Uh, he just – he puts things in different pr- uh, perspective, but he also, like, keeps you updated on anything Bucks, like all news. And and, and, and then he brings his own opinions on it, and it's, it's really good. Um, and he was on the money with uh, the Bruce Arians. I mean, when he talked about him – uh, made a lot of good sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was just fun, something different, and we're looking forward to doing more of that. Heck yeah, guys. I mean, it's the off season, but that doesn't mean there's no Bucks news. There's not. Yeah. There's always something to talk about. You all just keep putting out questions, and we love answering them and thinking about them together. Mm-hmm. Right. This is what it's all about. It's not. They're not away. Not at all. NFL mm-hmm. never ends. Yeah. This is what's so fun about it. This, this is like our hobby. This is what we love. Our passion. Mm-hmm. So keep asking questions. Keep, please comment, subscribe, do whatever you got. Just please help us out. Mm-hmm. We're gonna keep talking with y'all, and we're gonna try and keep bringing new guests on all the time. Just like James. James was awesome. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that yeah. was my first time with it. I know you had Gene on, but that was cool. That was a fun, exciting time. Yeah, great stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, with that, uh, we're going to shut it down for the night, and we'll be back probably. I'm not sure if we're going to do another one this week, but we'll probably be back uh, next week for sure. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at RealBucksTalk. Follow us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play. And as always, go Bucks. Enjoy the night.